One touch when you're this hungry, when you're this thirsty, one touch changes your life forever. Your love has conquered every fear, broke down each wall. There are so many notches in that key to breakthrough. I've made duplicates of the key, and I will give them to anyone who will take one. Can you hear it? Can you feel it? Such as I have, give I thee the key to breakthrough. I'm going to focus in on this. I'm going to fast for this. I'm going to pray for this. I'm going to worship for this. I'm going to be in the house of God every night for this. I'm going to press in. I'm going to hunger. I'm going to thirst. I'm going to get desperate. I'm going to get in every line. I'm going to put my feet on the blue line for this one day. More of you. Less of me until it's all of you and none of me. Hello, welcome friends, once again, to Keys to Breakthrough with Dr. Debbie Rich. And I am so excited to be on this series of Who Are We River People? What does that even mean? And I want to talk more specifically today. Last week, I was talking about the Holy Ghost download that I received at Pastor Rodney's July camp meeting. And this time, I want to talk more specifically just about what are we talking about, a Holy Ghost download because us river people are people who have either had a Holy Ghost download, many of them usually, or we're people that are desirous of it. We love being around the anointing. We love seeing others touch and you're, you're seeking God and you're pressing in and you're learning how to yield so you can have your own download. So I want to start today with Luke chapter 24, verse 49. Luke 24, 49. And behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. So Jesus is saying, I am sending the promise of the father. And this is your biggest instruction. Don't do anything. After I leave this earth, do not start a Bible school. Do not have a start a church. Do not organize any ministry, outreaches, nothing until you get endued with power from on high because he didn't want another religious institution going on. He knew that without the power of the Holy Ghost, all you're doing is beating the air, shadow boxing, that you will never accomplish anything in the kingdom unless it's done by the power of the Holy Ghost. It has to be all Holy Ghost. So then in Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. For John truly baptized, oh, I've got it twice. <laughs> uh, well, maybe the Holy Ghost wanted it emphasized to you today. John baptized with water. But you're going to get a brand new one. You're going to be baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So if he's saying, don't leave Jerusalem, don't try to start again, any missions, uh, society, nothing. Wait for this because this is the only way it can be done. So we must have the same thing they had to do what they did. If the early church, of which we're still a part of, had to have the power of the Holy Ghost, to do anything they did, had to have signs and wonders, had to be tongue talkers. Why do we think this is sort of an option today? 
Uh, some people don't even believe it's for today. Others say, well, it probably is, but you know, all that's important is you're saved and going to heaven. This isn't that big a deal. It's a very big deal. It wasn't an option to the other early church like, hey, this is just an extra little spiritual badge if somebody want to, some of you want to go in further. It's like, don't do anything till you get this. It's extremely important. I like something my pastor said that I took down as a note, and I've used it a few times since. He says, the Rock Your World Upper Room Conference was held with 120 people, just a remnant. But the Holy Ghost did rock their world, and then they rocked the world around them once they were filled. The power of God hitting one anointed person changes everything. And on that day, when 120 people got anointed with the Holy Ghost and with fire, then we just see hours later, 3,000 are saved. Why not 3,000 saved before that? Because now they have the power to be witnesses. The power of God hits you. You are never, ever, ever the same. Even Peter's shadow had power in it, had anointing in it. But think of it this way. Your shadow can only be where you are and wherever he's walking. You know, the minute I get off an airplane into any nation, I say, you've given us this territory. This is now ours. Everywhere the sole of my foot shall tread, you have given unto me, Lord. You've sent me here an assignment, and I am a Holy Ghost and fire carrier. I am carrying the anointing, and nobody around me will ever be the same again. So we are to be revival carriers, but how do you carry something you've never had? You can't carry an explanation. You can't carry three points in a poem. You can't carry the notes you took that your pastor was giving. Now you can have some head knowledge about that, but what you carry is something that has been downloaded to you. It has been imparted to you. And I believe I said last week that just as this iPad or my computer or my iPhone has to have downloads constantly. In fact, doesn't it get annoying? You just get one, uh, you know, uh, up to date, and then the other one needs it, and then the other one. But how much more do our spirits need Holy Ghost continual downloads? Yesterday's fire. Yes, I I'm having the same fire today that I had back then. And yes, in the one sense, we say it's held us all these years, but not one touch. One touch just made me want some more touches. And those touches made me want some more. And those made me want some more. And I live in those continual downloads. And you need to as well. So we need to sleep and eat revival. We need to be carriers of revival. We need to be impregnated with revival until it's oozing out our pores. So why in the world would some preachers, some organizations, some churches think, eh, I can do it without him. I'm gifted as an administrator. I'm gifted as an organizer. I'm gifted with speaking talents. I am gifted. Are you kidding me? Even those gifts are part of the anointing of the Holy Ghost. But if you try to do this on your own or think you have enough on your own, you're going to fall flat on your face. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. So we need the same power today that they had back then to compete with the occult, with the new age, with gangs, with drugs. You think you're going to go in some gang and drug infested, drug infested area and just bring your nice little thoughts with you? 
you're going to be dead. You've got to come in with power, with demonstration, with signs and wonders, with healings and miracles, with joy unspeakable, with the presence of God, with his glory all over you and shining through your face, coming through your eyes. You've got to have the boldness. You've got to have the direction. You've got to have the impetus. You've got to have the passion. All of those things come from the Holy Ghost. And so we have to have continuous Holy Ghost downloads. We have to contend for the faith once delivered to the saints. The reason many people aren't having Bible results are simply because we haven't done things God's way. We haven't done them Bible way. When the Bible says don't do anything until you get infused with the Holy Ghost and with fire, that's the way that the Bible says to do it. If ever we needed a demonstration, it is now, my friend. Most denominations, unfortunately, all you have to do is look through church history. Not only have I had that course several times in different Bible schools, but I've taught that course. And if you look through church history, every denomination that was birthed in the fire, I mean Holy Ghost and fire, ends up in a glacier somewhere. It, it's not usually a suddenly. Holy Ghost downloads are a suddenly. But anything the enemy does to cool you off is usually more of a gradually because nobody likes to think they're backsliding or that they're just staying the same. But when you begin to cool off and that passion is not there, it's just one step after another, after another, after another. Until, I mean, the Assemblies of God have always taught this and preached this. Look at the denominations that started in the fire and ended in the ice. Now, quite frankly, I'm not trying to pick on them, but the reason I'm using them as an example is they have been our leading Pentecostal denomination for the last century. But now I go in most of their churches and would not even recognize it's an Assembly of God church. You might see one or two hands up kind of like this. Nobody in tongues, no gifts of the spirit in operation, no healings, no, and anymore, not even altar calls. Or if there is one, if I hear one more altar call like this, I think I'm going to throw something right in the middle. It's not even an altar call. It's some apologetic way of saying, oh, I still ask people to follow Jesus, but they're too gutless to really ask them to with any conviction. So they say things like this. I've been in churches where they said this, visiting with family or whatever, and here, hey, how many of you are tired of the way life is going? Time to let Jesus take the wheel. Right now, if you want him to take the wheel and you want to quit holding on to it yourself, just you don't even have to raise your hand. Just where you're at, say, take the wheel. Take the wheel. Whatever happened to confessing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? AA might, in their own way, say, take the wheel, higher power. Uh, don't try. The New Age would say that. Many religions would say that. You've got to call upon Jesus. You must repent of your sin. You must have a heart change. There must be a conversion, not, uh, I kind of got some problems in life. Can you kind of take the wheel here? Or even if they say something a little stronger than that, quite frankly, I'm tired of them saying, let's all confess this together in your seat. You don't even have to stand. So, you know, a thousand people are going, um, Lord, come into my heart. 
forgive me my son um you mean you didn't want that person to feel uh so uh uh embarrassed to make them raise their hand or step forward so they're going to be kind of this closet christian i'm just saying this with a bunch of other people now nobody not even my wife sitting next to me knows that i'm making a commitment to jesus today my children don't even know that because we're just all saying this together there i am not brought out from the crowd i i can just do this that person will never have the guts to live for the lord and what is this watered down thing? And then certainly no tongues. Some of them, some of those pastors, oh yeah, I'm spirit filled. I do it in my own privacy, in my own prayer closet. I can't even tell I'm in a Pentecostal church. You know why? I'm not. And they need to even throw away their credentials or just say the Assemblies of God or the Foursquare or the Church of God or whichever Pentecostal full gospel church you belong to that is neither Pentecostal anymore, nor full gospel, nor spirit filled, but our paperwork, our ordination papers, our bylaws somewhere say we're a Pentecostal church. If somebody can come in and not even know what they're in, um, I, I don't know if I'm in a Pentecostal, a Presbyterian, an Episcopalian, a Methodist. Speaking of Methodists, do you know John Wesley, that powerful man who understood salvation and was baptized in the Holy Ghost. When he started the Methodist church, you had to fast, I believe it's two days a week, to even be a Methodist minister. You had to cast out devils, pray for the sick, see them healed, have signs and wonders before you can even be ordained as a Methodist minister. Now, for many, many, many years, most, I will not categorically say all, because God always has for himself a man or a woman somewhere that is, is yielded to him and has a relationship with him. But for the most part, the Methodists long ago quit preaching any born-again salvation experience. Um, but it started out in the fire and ended up like that. And now all of our major Pentecostal denominations are going the same way. I dare say, I know this is going out all over and I'm probably going to get flat for this. It's probably the first time I've ever said it publicly, but I'm going to be brave here because I've had recent Holy Ghost downloads. <laughs> and I say the Holy Ghost is like a truth serum. You say things under the anointing you would never say in your own. But I graduated from Rama. Pastor Rodney did not yet have a church or a Bible school at that time. And I felt and still do feel that at that time, I was honored and privileged to go to the best Bible school on the face of the earth. I would actually pinch myself every day saying, I can't believe I'm here. I literally went through a literal hell to get to Bible school and was going through it in my personal life while I was at Bible school. But I persevered knowing that what I was receiving was like nowhere else on the face of the earth. Brother Hagen being equally a man of the spirit and a man of the word. And I was so privileged to have him teaching in class personally almost every day that I was there those two years. And I do not regret one minute of it. And when I was ordained by Pastor, by Brother Kenneth Hagen, I just thought, man, I am so privileged. I will never forget this as long as I live. And I haven't. However, he was a word and Holy Ghost man. And I want to believe people directly underneath him were and are as well. 
However, that school has graduated thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And most of them that I encounter today are no longer Holy Ghost people. They are people that I feel like would make great motivational speakers. Let's say positive things. Well, even motivational speakers that don't even say speak the word. And some of them do teach to speak the word because they use Bible principles. They do that, but they aren't Holy Ghost people. They're most of the Rhema pastors. I will not say all, and I realize I haven't met a lot of them. I'm just talking about ones I've heard about, know about, and have talked to. They're terrified of the move of the Holy Ghost. They're terrified they're going to get in the flesh, I guess, or somebody's going to get too emotional, or I, I like what I've always heard. I'd rather have wildfire than no fire at all, because there's plenty of wet blankets to put out the fire. You don't have to worry about that. That's easy to put out. But if you're going to so delegate, relegate, classify, dictate, so that nobody gets in the flesh where there's no move of the Holy Ghost left, you have nothing. And most of them have just become this nice little short dry cleaning service in by 10 out by 11 or money back guaranteed of some nice little word, the thought for today, no Holy Ghost showing up. And I could cry about that. Because Brother Hagen, I'll never forget, he was the first one that I ever heard talk about the glory cloud moving in. And those early believers meetings that he had when he pastored before, you know, he went into the teaching evangelistic ministry. He pastored several churches and he'd talk about the glory cloud coming in and believers meetings where they would prophesy and nobody left sick and, and just hours. Nobody wanted to leave the presence of God. He was a Holy Ghost man as much as he was a word man. But now I'm seeing less and less and less of that. Years later, as people get away from him and they don't say stirred up, stay stirred up and go to Holy Ghost meetings, and they have forgotten that what it takes to get, it takes to keep. I even heard, I can't verify and give you names myself, but other people have told me that they've talked to some Rhema pastors that thought that Brother Hagen was getting senile in his latter years because he went out on the road having these powerful Holy Ghost and joy meetings. Are you kidding me? They need to burn up their Rhema ordination papers if they still carry them. And I could cry. And I know that if Brother Hagen was watching this from the banister of heaven, that he would be going, what is wrong with you people? This is not what I taught you. Now, I'm going to get bolder yet. Do I think there's any possibility of this happening in river churches with river pastors, with river evangelists and teachers? Absolutely. We don't have what brother, what Pastor Rodney has on him by osmosis. You don't get it by putting the river on your door. You don't get it by holding up a, look, I've been ordained by the Rivers Ministerial Association. That's not how you get it. You don't even get it by going to a few camp meetings. Oh, well, to keep my credentials, I might have to go to a camp meeting or a minister's conference once a year. Are you kidding me? I wouldn't stay away if I had people holding up guns saying you got to stay away. Because I know what it takes to get. It takes to keep. Not one download, but continuous Holy Ghost downloads are needed. They are necessary. So 
I don't care how much you, your denomination, your dad, your pastor, your spouse is on fire. You yourself have to stay in the fire. What it takes to get, it takes to keep. I remember the great revival I had in Nome, Alaska, one of the best I ever had in 1993. I believe April of 1993. I went back several times in close proximity and time. So, um, but I'm pretty sure that was the first one. And I went there uninvited because a lady called my office and she was crying. She was a native lady. And she said, um, Miss Debbie, I've been in one of your meetings in Palmer, Alaska. I'm native. She said, I'm originally from Nome and my relatives are still there. And she said, Nome has the highest drug addiction, alcoholism, incest, all of that about in the, in the country. And she began to weep. I'm so burdened for my people. And that same Holy Ghost that I'm talking about just, just bubbled up on the inside of me. And I heard myself saying, lady, you don't have to say anything else. I'll go. But when my head heard that, I thought, you'll go. You don't have a contact there. You don't know anybody. You don't have the place to preach. It's going to be very expensive to get there. But I knew it was the Holy Ghost. And I said, look, I don't have time to plan this, this meeting here. I leave tomorrow to go to another revival. And when I come back, I only have one free week on the calendar. And then I'm booked up for six months. And I said, I feel we need to go right away. So I said, while well, I'm out in this revival this week, I ask you to find us a place to preach. I ask you to talk to pastors and uh, see if one of them will host it. Find us a place to stay. Call all your friends and relatives. Get people ready to come out and hear us. And when I get back, I will pay your way there. But ma'am, I don't know you. And I'm taking another lady with me that I do know that I know flows in the Holy Ghost and knows how to pray with me. So I'm going to buy three plane tickets to go to a town on the Bering Sea I've never been to. And I said, when I get back, I am going, we're going to take off and go. Now, because I am trying to keep these broadcasts down to about 30 minutes, I, I probably shouldn't have started this till the next one. And we'll come back the next one and talk about that whole known so that you know what a Holy Ghost download in you, how it results in, uh, Everybody around you or a whole town being upended in that same Holy Ghost download. But suffice it to say that for right now, the pastor who did not invite me wasn't going to let me preach there, but ended up letting me preach there and then asked me to come back several times. He made this statement that I will never forget after he was so touched. After he got his own powerful download, he couldn't speak. He's weeping. He's laughing. In fact, he had been under the pew three and a half hours. And about an hour to an hour and a half of that three and a half hours, he was prophesying about himself. We heard him say, this man that I'm speaking through did not believe this was me. But now he believes. Now he believes. I thought, I bet he does. And when people helped him up, he said, why can't I see? And I thought, can't see. That sounds a little scary. Blind people are supposed to come to my meetings and go home seeing, not seeing people go out blind. What do you mean you can't see, Pastor? 
and he's crying and laughing and his eyes are open, but he's groping like a blind person. He said, what is wrong? All I can see is thick white. I said, oh my goodness, you are looking at the glory of God. He said, the Shekinah? I said, yes. And he just burst out laughing and crying some more. People helped into his house, which thank God was next door, the church parsonage. But he told me the next day, he said, I am a third generation Pentecostal Assembly of God pastor who, he said, I'm ashamed to say, did not know what Pentecost was until last night. I thought, what a statement and what an honest and bold man to make the statement and confess. I thought I knew Pentecost. I speak in tongues. I taught it. My father taught it. My grandfather taught it. But basically, I'm going to rephrase it. I did not know that I know that I know what it was until I had my own personal download. And once you have a Holy Ghost download, nobody can talk you out of it. And that's what you, my friend, must have. Not just say, oh, I like listening to Debbie. She, she has downloads. I like listening to Pastor Rodney. He's got a Holy Ghost download. No, we're supposed to help you get hungry enough, thirsty enough, yielded enough to have your own and live in the same thing that we live in. Now, I'm going to stay on the subject of a Holy Ghost download for a few sessions here. So if you hear me talk about download, don't think, oh, I must have the wrong week. I already heard that. No, um, I will change clothes here so you'll know you're on a different week. But we're going to be on this for several weeks. So until next week, press into God, get your own download this week. And I want to hear about it. Please write us how much these uh, sessions, these uh, uh, are, are encouraging you. I don't even know what to call them. My assistant filming is looking at me. Um, but anyway, I'm trying to keep it down to a 30 minutes. So it's not like one of my regular sermons in a, in a revival service, but um I trust you're getting your socks blessed off. So please let us know while you're listening to this or even write us separately and tell us what this has done for you. I want to start putting testimonies, more and more testimonies up on our, you page, uh, on our YouTube page as well. So you can even, if we hear about one, we may even call you. We may even film you and start putting that on our page. So please let us know. That's so encouraging for us. So God bless you. You just got some more keys to break through. Fire for revival.